You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Hi, Avalon. And hi to you people who are listening to this podcast. Listeners, as we call them. Hello. <laughs> Diana, I wanted you to know that I'm not going by Avalon for this podcast. And Avalon, what are you going by? I am going by the airship captain, Baroness Cogswallow. Cogswallow, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Baroness Cogswallow, is that what we're going with? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. you know, that's not, uh, not what I said, but I think uh, yours is better, so we'll go with Yeah, that, that corset-wearing, uh, steamship-flying, airship captain Baroness Cogswallow <laughs> is, <laughs> is actually Avalon. Yes, and that's Diana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got nervous. <laughs> okay, that's just fine. Welcome to Femsplained. We all get nervous sometimes. Yeah, welcome to Femsplained. We all get nervous sometimes. That's our new catchphrase. Yeah. Femsplained <laughs> is a girls-only clubhouse podcast where two queer femme human beings get to nerd out over something that they feel passionate about. But that doesn't mean just because it's a girls-only clubhouse podcast that people of every gender and non-gender can't listen, laugh, and learn with us. Um, but we do feel like it is so important and so powerful to have femme-led, candid conversations about our experiences, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, last week, Avalon femsplained Saga to me, which is maybe growing into one of my new favorite things. It was Ooh. super amazing. We're going to talk all about that next week. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, you're such a tease. I feel like after we have an episode that you host, I talk to you about it every day. And like I talk to you about looking into the thing and stuff like that. But you're always really good at keeping yours under wraps for the whole yeah, episode. It's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that slow burn, Avalon. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Um so but that's next week. Next week is not now. Now is now. I think. All right. New business is new business and old business is old business. So and let's future go. future business is future business. Exactly. Okay. So what are we doing this week? Well, funny enough, we're actually playing with what the future is and what the past is in the present. Oh. <laughs> it's true, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> um, so this week, we are doing one of our occasional special episodes where... Uh, the thing that we are discussing slash femsplaining uh, is something that we are both familiar with, so it becomes a little bit more of a, a two-way conversation instead of a, a student-teacher foray. Which is what our normal dynamic is. Yeah, we take turns. Oh. Are we, what are we talking about? What uh, should, we, should we tell the listeners what the topic is this week, or is there somebody else who's good at doing that? I can't remember. I think that in keeping with our very strict conservative tradition we yes. need to let francis the mansplainer introduce the topic and while he does that we will chant in latin as we always do yes. in a
putting one minute on the man watch and here we go steampunk i don't get it and this is coming from a guy who annually attends a pirate themed festival up in lebanon oregon where i will literally dress as a pirate for three straight days while camping and drinking and making merry but that's at a festival i don't get the concept of a steampunk convention i mean like you dress up and then what at a Comic-Con, you dress up and you go to stuff. You go to, like, panels by your favorite comic artists. You go to, like, movie stars and your favorite superhero films. Like, I get it. Like, that makes sense to me. A steampunk convention, though, do you just go to sessions to learn to do better steampunk so you can have an even better costume to dress up in at the next steampunk convention? I don't know. The best description I've seen of steampunk was in a pretty hilarious Portlandia sketch. So, I guess go watch that. I didn't even fill a minute. All right, we're done. Francis is done talking. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he did uh, He did a job. I'm not going to say if it was a good job or a bad job, but he had, a, I'm he had sure. a job to do, and he did it. I'm sure it was fine. I'm sure it was adequate. I'm sure it was mediocre. And so now you know that the topic we're both femsplaining in a mutual gasm is steampunk. Yeah, um, I think that... There are some potential things that could go wrong with mutual femsplaining, like, you know, who's who's in charge? Who's the dominant one? You know, a question I, think... I hear I hear a lot for like when two women are engaged in activity, who's the right. man? Who's the man right. in that situation? Absolutely. And I think that it goes in a in a progressive order. From smallest to largest breasts is how that gets divvied up, right? Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that in the rules of female groupings, whoever is, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure, right? Is that how they do it? You're saying that whoever has the larger breast is the man in the bedroom? Yeah, I I mean, I have to assume that... Interesting. I would think that uh, the person with smaller breasts would be the man. Because they are more androgynous. androgynous? But no, that's where you're wrong. Because we're we're. <laughs> while I would like that to be true in my in my small chestedness, <laughs> I, I what I actually think is that it it goes in ascending order of power, and the 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 larger the breasts, the more power that you hold within them. And uh, as we all know, uh, to be a man is to is to be the most powerful one in the room. So, Correct. Yeah, it's all about power. Okay, so yeah. basically what you're doing is you're pushing all of the power on to me. Yeah. Just so I'm, listeners I'm, know, my boobs are much bigger. And right now they're actually <laughs> dirigibles that are about to take you away <laughs> into space because you are wearing a corset. I am. I'm wearing um, a corset for the steampunk theme uh, because Diana gives me so much shit when I don't dress up. I know. Well, it was your idea in the first place and then you stopped doing it, it. I immediately. Love I love it so much. <laughs> It's just, you know, and then it's like, ugh, you know, effort. At the end of the day, you've been working all day, slaving away. Then you want to come home, paint your face like a cat and put on a corset? Like, no, you want to put on some sweats. That's exactly what I want to do. And I do often. I would be Um, concerned if you would, because I know you don't take your makeup off, and then you would go to work with day-old cat face. Well, I would take the cat parts off, probably. Day-old cat face is a pretty good insult. Day-old cat face is also a really good name for an indie band. I think day-old cat face might be something that I need to remember. Yeah. 
Yeah. You need to know that for This might have been a turning point. That might be the name of my band that will really take me into the stratosphere of rock stardom. What's finally going to put Avalon Mason on the map is day-old cat face. <laughs> I love hearing it. What kind of music are you playing in your band? Let's see. The last band that I was a part of was best described as pop drunk. So okay. I'm going to say that I would go back to that genre if I had a a choice. I just, I need a little bit more explanation about like what kind of pop. Like, you know what? I'm going to have to send you some examples and then maybe, maybe we could talk about this more at length because it's something I don't think that you've ever experienced and it's something that you need to experience. What? The last band that I was a part of. So yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> this is going to be the whole podcast. That's fine. You... <laughs> okay. All what right. What are you fine. dragging this out for? <laughs> fine. Fine. Here we go. It was called No Drugs Were Harmed in the Making of This Band. Okay. And the name of the band was a lie. Many drugs were harmed in uh -huh. the making of it. Give me a time frame. This was circa 2005 to okay. 2008. Oh, that's longer than I would have expected. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we didn't create a lot, but we created over time. <laughs> I would Okay. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> I would recommend our club song Okay. Get fucked. Okay. Or our I'm going to call it new wave emo Diana's Happy Sunday, which is more it has more of a narrative feel to it. It's um it's very revealing. It tells a story literally, but also maybe metaphorically. And then if you want to hear something more melodic, something more classical, you could try Tsunami Breakdown. So there's lots of songs to choose from. Of course, our number 1 always was the umbrella song which you know i think i think we were just really misunderstood that was not what we were about really you know that like that the umbrella song. thing yeah you know that was it was just you know it had the catchiest hook so mm -hmm. that's what people ran with that's yeah. what people were shouting at us from the windows to play yeah yeah and it I was just it. like oh man why don't you want to hear you're locked in the bathroom why don't you want to hear any of our other hits it sounds like you've uh you've spit out enough song titles for a full album yeah i mean that's the album <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, earlier when you said you didn't do a lot, I wasn't really sure if you were talking about, like, three songs. Well, they're all right there and available for you on MySpace until probably any minute now, because I don't think MySpace has much longer to live, and nobody has the hard copies of these songs. We could rip them off MySpace. Can we? I mean, I don't know how, but I believe that there's a way to do everything. If, if anybody knows how to rip songs from MySpace... Let me know. Yeah. A car tragically ran over the hard drive that had all the hard copies of these songs. That sounds it. like another song title. It, it would be if we had the computer to record them on, but we sadly did not. Do you have a new computer since then? I do, but I don't have any of the drugs or the <laughs> other band members. <laughs> did they all were... OD? No, thank God. Oh, God. Actually, I'm really glad that because if I had made that joke and someone had, that would have been like yucky. Yes, yes, it yeah, would have been very sorry. yucky to say the least. <laughs> yucky. Okay, we could throw some salt over your shoulder or some shit. We just, just t -t -t spit on the ground, please. <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
Good. I'm glad. I hope you think you have a hex on you now. A good hex? What are you drinking out of? I'm drinking out of my drinking horn. What the fuck life do you live that you don't own a single glass? I you just own. have mugs for no matter what temperature liquid you're drinking and a drinking horn. And that is it. And what does a drinking horn have to do with steampunk? Which I feel like that's the first time I've said that word this whole episode. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you. So, first of all, I own many glasses. Not many. I own some. But what I choose to drink out of are mugs because my mugs are cute and my glasses are just glass. And drinking horns are relevant because typically you drink mead out of them and mead is extremely popular nope. in steampunk forms. And I'm sticking with it. Nope. Yep. All right, Diana. I predict that we're going to have very different approaches to what steampunk is. Probably. So, Avalon, why don't you tell me what steampunk is? Steampunk? Don't I look like a weird spider monster right now? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, steampunk is a fictional aesthetic and setting which is retro-futuristic in that it proposes that if technology in our own history had diverged around the invention of steam technology in Victorian Britain, we would find ourselves on a different path. We would have different kinds of things. It's like an alternative universe where, yeah, where history diverges at that point. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty on board with that. I would just say that I think it's a little um, more expansive, that it's really fashion-wise, any 19th century, both like Victorian era British or also American Wild West, and sometimes maybe both of them together, with a alternative history presentation of that inventive technology. But I think that I think that while maybe the Victorian Britain is more popular, maybe that the Wild West aesthetic is still also like really included. I think that's an extremely good point that I had not considered because. The American West is similarly so influenced by steam technology via the Transcontinental Railroad happening. Yep. Um, and so I think that it makes sense to me to picture Western influ or you know cowboy influences, but I hadn't actually thought about why that makes sense. Yet. Yeah. So it totally yeah. does. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. So so that's what it is in theory, and like romantically. What is steampunk actually, though? Steampunk is what the fuck ever you want. Uh, really, I mean, it is. I mean, I've seen all kinds of reimaginings, iterations of the steampunk aesthetic put into other genres, mixed with other genres, and then kind of also expanded to like just flavor other genres. Like you'll see plenty of people like just basically make a TARDIS that's brown and then it's, 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 then it's (laughs) Avalon. I'm what? Did you skip nap time today? (laughs) I did. I can't tell if I'm very funny or very not funny. It's hilarious. Don't (sighs) stop. All right. So you've got basically what you're saying is we've established what it's supposed to be. You've used a lot more like super floral 
nice sounding language about what it actually manifests as. But what I mean when I say, what is steampunk actually? I mean, like, do we have a bunch of middle-aged people running around a hotel with Nerf guns that they spray painted? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, don't knock the- Trying to sell their self-published Cthulhu spinoff. Well, first of all, I have a (laughs) couple of self-published books that I've bought at- steampunk conventions that are are legit and they're good uh i'm too into a trilogy right now which is awesome but yes yes it's a lot of there are a lot of age ranges that go that go to these conventions that participate in this aesthetic i know i'm just being funny i know and i'm i'm playing the straight man to your avalon (laughs) (laughs) so yes the nerf gun thing is a staple of steampunk conventions and i think it has to be mentioned because it's so they're so good like those nerf guns that people convert which uh it means to take them apart sometimes glue them back together spray paint them with like brass and silver colorings those nerf designs are often based on like real gun styles and then sometimes they have these ridiculous components to them that don't make any sense for an actual gun and and lends itself to the steampunk aesthetic. Water guns make really fun ones. Those Nerf pistols that have like the water canister underneath because mm-hmm. it looks like there's like a bulb and oh. you can like paint it like neon. It looks like you have like a ray gun. Um, Why would you have a ray gun with steampunk? So steampunk, to make it fit the technological aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You basically have to explain everything in what a 19th century mad scientist would explain something. So like a ray gun would actually be like that you have this alchemical tonic that you put into your steam-powered rifle that when powered by combustion shoots a beam of this energy that melts your face. Okay, so of all of the periods in history that we could sort of get fixated on like a fictitious divergence of events, why do you think that the early 19th century is what spawned like a fad? Um, I'm going to say because that was the height of male fashion and I think that that's... <laughs> I think that was the the peak of high fashion for men in particular. And I think that the, I mean, the, the main demographic that steampunk attracts is dudes, probably. Well, in I- so far as that, that's, that's my experience of like who I see at these conventions is dudes. Lots of dudes. I'm going to say that it is because of how much exciting sci-fi was happening. At the time. I think it, I'm going to say it's because that time period gave us Jules Verne, gave us Dracula, which isn't sci-fi, uh, oh, gave us well, like colonialism. I'm going to say that like the reason why we romanticize that time period so much is because steampunk, like Victorian England was writing steampunk stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jules Verne invented steampunk steampunk probably maybe hg wells i don't know yeah, which one but came all, first but, but so it's not like I'm, i just think it's interesting because to me it's not like modern nerds took a, a random period in history and made it cool this 
this weird sci-fi shit was going on at the time in the creative yeah. minds of the time. Yeah, well, the steampunk novel was invented then, but there was no reason why that futuristic technological imagination couldn't have been applied to other centuries after that aesthetic was then created. And and it has been, but it's been described in, in slightly different ways. I mean, there's things like um, diesel punk, which takes the same notion and applies it to like a World War One era aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there I like are, the idea of diesel punk, but I never see people actually doing anything diesel punk, uh, unless, except for people who are just doing steampunk like badly. No, uh, I've seen some really good ones, and actually, maybe maybe Nathan did my favorite one. Did he do a diesel punk thing, or did he do like a character that already exists? No, he did a did an original character oh, cool. diesel punk. I don't think I've yeah. seen it. That's awesome. Yeah. He didn't know what it was called, but somebody approached him at the con and was like, you are a perfect example of diesel punk. And he was like, I found a name for what I am, um, oh. <clears throat> which was great. Yeah, that was a good moment. I bet it was. That sounds really validating. I yeah. um. So another one in addition to diesel punk is cyberpunk. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Which is more of a modern or like, it's like what the past thought modern was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> what, it's what, what the past thought future was. Or is it what the past yes. thought modern was? Yeah. Have we caught up with when we should be? Like, yeah, I think so. Um, but, that's upsetting. Yeah. I know. That's really upsetting. They so would always you say that like would you say that like Blade Runner is a cyberpunk? Like any kind it of absolutely futuristic is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, you know, I'm and like they always thought that cyber cafes were going to be bigger than they were. I don't even remember what those are. Like, just coffee shops where every seat has a computer and... Oh, that is a thing in other countries, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, countries where people are too poor to own personal computers. Oh, that's like a... I mean, I guess it's like a library... (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. Uh, It's like, like... you know, I mean, that was like, that was definitely to just to bring it back to our Animorphs episode. That was Ooh, uh, where the show chose to set the scene of the first uh, episode. They spent a lot of time in cyber cafes. I have a hard time with the word cyber and not associating it with like sex chats. Because it they, they shortened it and made it called cybering, which... Yeah. Just took sex completely out of the word, and now we're all broken inside. Thanks. Diana, what was your earliest experience with cybering? (laughs) (laughs) I have a story about that. Yeah, I want to hear it. Okay, so I have an AOL Kids account, and I'm like 18 years old because my parents... Uh, we got, we got the internet late a little bit, and we also let go of AOL dial-up way late. Uh-huh. Like, like it, we didn't, we held on to that to the very last demo CD that came in the mail. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is a throwback, yeah. Yeah, and also my parents were really neurotic about the age settings. They, they took it very seriously. That's probably good, yeah. Yeah, it didn't help. Okay. Uh, so I was like in some Nickelodeon chat room or whatever or some whatever was available at the time because you didn't have 
you couldn't use aim on whatever the the settings I had were. So like to talk to any humans, I had to like go into these random chat rooms and like hope that there were other people my age in there. But and, I would uh, imagine that based on the settings, they would only be letting people of a certain age in there. Otherwise, I, what you've I done is you've too made old. like a target. <laughs> I was too old oh, okay. to have this account restriction. I was like 17 or 16 years old and I was on like AOL Kids like trying to relate to like a bunch of 12 year olds and just being like bored to tears and then somebody like messaged me and I don't know started talking about whatever I don't even remember what we were talking about. And then they, and then that's when I got my first, it was not a dick pic, but it was a description of a penis in text form. Was it abrupt or were you kind of building up to it? No, it was very abrupt. It was like, it was like, oh, I like you as a person. And I was like, oh, it's been nice talking to you too. And he was like, so my dick is these dimensions. And it has so many veins. And I was like, whoa, uh, that's interesting. And then... Uh, this is still like virgin Diana who's never touched a, a human. And so I was a little curious. And then it got weird and he was, I mean, I have to assume it was a guy. They never like identified themselves really. They just described their penis and then, and then <laughs> they, this is super graphic, but they a- started asking me like about fetishes, which at the time, I didn't know what a fetish was. Of course. I barely knew what a penis was. Right. So <laughs> I <laughs> so, so I was like, a fetish? Like, I was like, I mean, if you like to, you know, lick feet, like, that's, that's up to you, I guess. But I don't get why it's connected in any way to your penis. And so I just sort of shrugged it off and... and logged offline and then years later was like huh that was a a, a a foot pedophile uh coming at me yeah okay yeah in a nickelodeon chat room in a nickelodeon chat room so yeah, yeah i'm sorry you had that experience i don't like your story <laughs> no it's a bad it's a bad story yeah. i mean not that there's really any good stories about cyber sex because i feel like there's not <laughs> no probably not no. I am. Um, are, are you red in the face because you disagree? <laughs> no, I think it's the lighting. Oh, okay. No, I mean, I, I have some weird feelings about my first cybering stories because I actually feel like I victimized people. Because <laughs> you were, like, <laughs> describing penises to them in graphic detail? No, but because I was, like, okay, so I was specifically, I specifically went to a couple of chat rooms, not often, but maybe, like, a, a small handful of times before I started feeling wigged out. But I specifically went to chat rooms that were, like, romantic yeah. in nature, and then I specifically, like, tried to cyber with people. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely in fourth grade. <laughs> Avalon, I don't know how... <laughs> To most properly inform you of this, but you did not victimize people as a fourth grader. I feel you were, like, I mean, I, I genuinely feel funny that if there were adult men that were looking for adult women, like it's kind of gross that they masturbated talking to a fourth grader. Uh, Yeah, that's on them. 
That's not but they don't you. know. I mean, I lied about my age and stuff. Oh. But yeah. it's still not on. I always said that I was 19. And I always said that I was living in Scotland. Of and course sometimes you they did. would say, I do you hate want, you right now. They would say, do you want top or bottom? And I had no idea what that meant. And so I would oh say, you choose. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I remember spending hours being like, top or bottom? Okay, so that means which of us is going to focus on the top half of describing the bodies? Like, which of us is going to... Did you ever catch on? Like, what, after they started? (laughs) No, I think once they actually started, I got kind of creeped out and I would leave. But I would, I would, like, get it going. Yeah. And I feel a little catfishy about it. Yeah, I don't think you should feel catfishy about that. I think that you should feel... I remember one time someone said, and then I grab your boobies. And I said, Ew! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> That's also what happens now uh, in real life. Actually, I think they might have said the T word, which I hate. Oh, oh, I love that word. Oh, no. Oh, Fourth grade and being like, call them breasts. Ugh. Call them no, my breasts. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh God, my vagina just closed up. It closed up for good. Shops, oh, shops is it because closed. Because of fourth grade or because of the breasts? <laughs> because of breasts. Oh, I love breasts. Call them breasts. I, I call them breasts when I'm talking about patients. I, that's like so medical to me. It's too oh, medical to me. No, it's beautiful. It's classy. You know what? You know what makes me think of patients? The what? T word. The T word. <laughs> That's that's the medical term. Ew, it is not. Uh, you can say oh. boobs. Boobs is acceptable. Boobs makes me think of fourth graders. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> that sounds like your problem. <laughs> like what people like made on their calculator, like write the word boobies yeah. and upside down. Then that's no, like no ease, no ease for anything. Just oh, boobs. just like boobs. Just boobs. I can handle. Tits. I can. I think it's a little bit like boyish sounding to me. Like a little bit like yeah. you feel like a slab of meat, but not the other one. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't like the I E S. Oh, no. I thought that's what you were saying you like. No, you no, like no, no. Would like. Okay, yeah, tits is fine. Oh God, typecast me already. Um <laughs> Listen, I if you were in a chat room looking to meet someone around nineteen ninety-eight <laughs> and someone got upset with you because you grab their boobies in the cybering thing. I hate to tell you, but you were Assume. jerking off with a fourth grader. Yeah. Assume that that's a fourth grader. Yeah. No, that's fair. And uh, so anyway, cyber cafes, super popular in <laughs> in cyberpunk, which is also not what we're talking about. <laughs> Wait, why are cyber cafes super popular in cyberpunk? Is it just because the word cyber? Uh, no, I think that that's what, that's, I was saying that that's what, like, used to be thought, like, of as what would be the n- new cool thing in what is now modern day history. So, like, the Jetsons is what you're yeah, trying to say. Yeah, exactly. All right. The Jetsons. How did you first hear about steampunk? What was your introduction to steampunk? Well, my introduction to steampunk was going to a steampunk convention, but 
I should say that that's the first time that I heard the word steampunk and was given a direct link to what it was. Whereas beforehand, I had read, you know, Jules Verne. I had uh, experience. <laughs> I read books before four years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy, right. crazy. I had I'd read, you know, what I learned later was steampunk fiction. I had seen steampunk films. I had experienced and seen those things, but didn't know that they had their own genre, didn't really connect that there was a genre, and definitely did not know that there was a whole community, like a worldwide passionate community. No idea. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, And then I promptly hopped on board and was like, I am a part of this now and forever. When you say hopped on board, do you mean like you caught a train? I caught the steam train. I caught the steam train. (laughs) We're going all the way to the west. (laughs) (laughs) The steam train has two destinations, Victorian England and the Wild West. I'm headed to the west. Let's be real. Speaking of not getting off anywhere else... Steampunk is white. Oh, yeah. It is so white. It very much is, which I don't, you know. I'm seeing a little more of a shift in representation lately. Uh, This past, uh, the winter con that I went to was a little bit more eclectic than normal, and I was very happy to see that. I hope to see more of that so much. There was a really great hashtag that went around recently for black cosplay that featured a lot of cool, really fucking cool steampunk cosplay that I've never seen. This was, you know, something that went like over the internet, not something I saw in person, but that I saw represented from like other places. But I'm kind of hoping that that trend keeps going. For me, what bums me out about cultural representation being so limited with steampunk is not just seeing people of color in those spaces, which obviously like there should definitely be more of, but it's that steampunk takes its cultural references from Uh. colonial England and the American West. So I, I mean, when I say that I want a more diverse steampunk, like I want to know... I don't know, I want to see things influenced by other places in the world at that point in time during like Victorian England. Well, that's in a, a non-appropriative whole... way. I just I just wish I saw more of that. That would be a whole other I mean, that would be great. That would be a really cool um would that do you think lend itself to other genres in the same way that like oh no, you're talking about in the same time period just yeah. in other locations, not like different time periods with the same aesthetic. Yeah, like different continents, Ooh. Victorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be really great. That's what um, I'd like to see more. Although, like I that's kind of a little Black Panthery. Black Panther is somewhat like futurist. Well, I mean, it's a different it's not side of things because it's but it might be. But yeah, you're right. Because so instead the, of the retro timelines. futurism, it's Afrofuturism. I think is the term for it. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so there is a term for it. But there's like I, a divergence of timelines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but okay. I would love to see some 
Wakanda steampunk. Like, what were they doing 200 years ago? I'm sure they and were then, still, like, way ahead of everyone else in the world. But I bet it was And then add cool. steam-powered uh, devices to that. Yeah. Man. I mean, they probably never were steam-powering things. But I think we could just suspend the details there. Well, I think the whole the whole concept of steampunk is suspending details. Um, we just suspend all details in favor of an aesthetic that we're what choosing to represent. <laughs> what do you mean? Because nothing stays within the context. Nothing stays within what it's originally meant to. But well, I think you that know, you're right. It yeah. is it is absolutely a very, very favored white genre. European historical European, fictionalization. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, you know what steampunk does take from the present? Sexual harassment. It does. Some things transcend time. All times and all space. <laughs> Some things are universal. Yeah. <laughs> like the subjugation of women, which mm-hmm. is something that most cultures can get behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's like the, the great connector for us. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It's the bridge that, that connects us all is that no matter what, yeah. this women And, and the, the train that we're all on is, is going across that bridge. To another place of where women suck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so... I'm going to talk about this, but I need to fill up my drinking horn with wine in order to do so. Uh, steampunk has gone through a weird... Well, steampunk in the in the northeast area of the United States has in gone through... the state through, of New Jersey. It, well, no, it, that's that's not quite fair because people do travel, as I've, as I've now learned in harsh detail, from very varied places all over the U.S., uh, and Canada to get to this con because that was sort of part of all the drama. Anyway, comfortable saying the name of the con might be easier. I am. Okay. I am. I'm going to say the name of the con, and I'm going to say this with a preface mm-hmm. that that while I have emotional connections to the community and to that con itself, I want everyone to know before I start speaking that this will be explicitly anti. Jeff Mock, and this will be explicitly anti the events that happened to lead to this mess. Okay. So bef- just just so that no one has to feel anxious about what they're about to hear. So there was a convention, a festival, more like it was a, a, akin to a Renaissance fair, except instead of a Renaissance uh, aesthetic, you had a steampunk aesthetic and it was called the steampunk world's fair took place every may in piscataway new jersey it started very small and over years became actually quite large was becoming very very expansive to the point where i was actually almost like it might be too big which i started going four years ago and that's when i fell utterly in love with the steampunk aesthetic, the steampunk community, most of all. The community was really what made it. I mean, it was a bunch of nerds in costumes, like, creating together, celebrating each other, supporting each other through, like, the weirdest shit, and sharing all of their creations and arts and things with each other 
That was the part that I really loved. It had origins that I learned about over the years. It, it was created by essentially one dude and then expanded from there. But that one dude maintained pretty much control over it. And that's the Jeff Mocking question. I never met him until this past year's event. And when I did, I got maybe a vibe, a a creepy one in the sense that you sometimes have that instinctual like feeling about a person. Yeah. But uh but like we all do, I was like you yeah, rationalized uh, you know, it. Eh. Yeah. And then I heard a few like passing rumors over the next year and then a couple of months ago, right before one of his other events, uh it came out that he had assaulted several people, one of whom was definitely a minor, and that on top of that already horrific monstrosity of uh, bullshit, um, he also was stealing money from vendors and employees, underpaying people in large amounts. So tons of scumbaggery was all sort of outed in a in a storm and then we all sort of thought it was being dealt with there was a sort of weird time where right before this winter time convention this winter time steampunk was going to go on the rest of i guess the people that also ran this with him had like announced that they were going to cut him out of it that he was gone and that he would not make any money from it and that everything was okay and cool. And so we were like, okay, this sucks. Everything about this sucks, but it's dealt with. We can move on. And then shortly after, somebody released the recording from one of their meetings where they were all sitting around basically being like, all right, so number one, we support him no matter what. Number two, we just tell everybody that he's not going to be a part of it, but he will just be behind the scenes. And yeah, so so then everybody lost reasonably their minds and we're just, we were all very upset. Everybody was high emotion, high stress, and with like a couple of last minute power grabs to try to make the steampunk world's fair happen again, it eventually then just crashed and crumbled to the ground and was canceled. And from that, a lot of people, including a lot of the people that were personally victimized, were feeling like a real sense of loss. Like this was a major, even because some of these uh, people who were victimized, even like some of these employees that kept getting underpaid, like they were still coming back, even though they knew they were going to be poorly treated because this was such a major emotional event for them to be at and to be a part of. So a lot of these people, um, and then myself included, like... uh, we're good. I'm glad that he's done and out and gone. But now it's tragic that this major thing that a lot of people look forward to and connect to on a very real level is also gone. Yeah. And uh, so there was a lot of mourning happening. And I was kind of not sure we were looking. There were some other steampunk events not on the same scale there's 
a one-day event that happens around the same time. There's a festival. There are a couple of more specific... Uh, there's like a tea-based thing that happens sure. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And they all sound great, but nothing was quite fitting what the whole that was made was. And then the hotel that hosts us every year posted on one of the last remaining steampunk community Facebook pages that didn't get deleted yet. Yeah. And just posted from their actual like account this sort of heartfelt message where they were like we don't you know we've been hosting this community for a decade we don't want to lose this relationship with this community we are so sad to see what has happened how about we host you for free this year until you guys figure out new direction new leadership for next year and what so, hotel chain? It's a hotel chain, right? Yeah, it is. It's the uh, the Radisson, the Piscataway Radisson. I just have to uh, say, like, as a franchise, I love Radisson forever because of this. I have never... I, I, I've never... I mean, I've obviously never had a bad experience with them. They've always been super kind to us. Like, even when we're screaming yeah. in their stairwells. I feel and like they should have hated you, to be honest. They should have hated us. Bunch of fucking 30-year-olds singing in the middle of the night. I Uh, was constantly, like, I several times have had to go get somebody because, like, there was broken glass everywhere that they needed to clean up. Yeah. In the hotel, you know? So, I I don't, you know, it's just, it's a big party. There's a lot of human beings there, and that can be raucous and ruckus, and it's really cool that they didn't hate the event. Yeah. And they turned out not to hate the event so much that they're, they, because they understood the sensitivity of the subject, like everybody had been lied to already, like several times on top of the initial offense. They have let us live stream from their boardroom every meeting that our volunteers that are now uh, like organizing things Mm -hmm. so that we were like are able to be transparent like 100% so everybody knows um, exactly what is going on at all times so they they let us like set up twitch cameras and like yes. do that transparency I know. beautiful thing it, to embrace in community it really is yeah it it makes a huge difference like yeah. the level of anxiety people have is so low everything all the like threads for requesting performers requesting volunteers has been open on uh the open public facebook pages so nothing has been like divulged in private nothing has been organized in private everything's been because people are so you know weary everything's just been completely out in the open and we've gone from what was i think like maybe like 20 people left on the last standing page for the old Steampunk World's Fair. It has been renamed and is now up to 600 and change. Yay! Uh, And these are all, you know, community goers, gamers, cosplayers, vendors, performers. Good cats. Good Good steampunk cats. cats. 
um, EMTs who are volunteering to be there, okay. lawyers who are volunteering to make sure that like we don't cross any boundaries. So there were always like lawyers involved, and like they're, now they're unpaid and just doing this. How for- about a on the ground consent team? That is well, there are actually it looks like a couple of people looking to do perhaps either panels about that or events that have that as a theme. And overall, I'm seeing a lot of, because this was a longstanding con, you saw a lot of the same panelists, a lot of the same artists every year, which is not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But as someone who stepped into the scene late, every year I, I kind of wanted to try to break in and it was sort of not allowed. Yeah. So there's been a little bit more, I'm seeing a lot more female presenters, performers, and like artists, artists showing yeah. up. Uh, arters? I really liked arters. Arters. I want to be People who do art. What if it's like a little otter in a steampunk outfit that's making art? I love it. Okay, so it does sound like there's a lot more female leadership and representation. I still feel like there should be an on-the-ground consent resource, though. I think that's a really good idea. I'm I'm telling you this as if, like, you're the president of it and you need to make it happen. Well, Um, the thing is, I'm not, but this is such an open community that I could literally make a public post about this and start a discussion and about the potential for that right now. And yeah. and we would engage in it because we've had a ton of discussions uh, related to that. And I think that's a really good idea. I just uh, know that not just at that con, but probably most that I've been to, but specifically at the Steampunk World's Fair, I felt sexually assaulted and not on a level where I felt like I needed to interrupt my day but if I had I don't know I think in a perfect world I would want to know like that sucks I don't want to go get security even though I don't even know who security is but what I want to do is just like go deprocess in a room and just like bounce this experience off somebody who I feel like is appropriate to bounce this experience off of and like feel female community that's a super good idea I like it a lot I also yeah at Jeff Mock events have often felt like there was a lack a general lack of consent for things I've been like scratched with kink devices without me knowing that there was a person near me uh like I did yeah yeah the things that now I don't want to make like sound like it's a description of the community of as a whole uh because I don't think it is but that there was like a lack of social accountability, social yeah, accountability, there's no uh, accountability. And I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, ganging those up things. on steampunk people. I, I really want to be clear that I'm talking about like conventions in general or like yes. LARPing events or all of these spaces are icky. Um, and I have very strong feelings about how we can totally change that. But I feel like it is done been time. It absolutely is. Yeah. So yes. And that's, And that's a large part of where I think the hesitance for people to come forward had come from was that it was just generally a lot of it was generally like accepted and like nodded off. We're not having it. Yeah. uh, Anymore here for that. I wish I was also there for that. But I I wish you were too. I'm like feeling really fiery about it. So I'm, I'm so happy. 
uh, that it has changed. It has forward momentum. It has community members leading it. Uh, it sounds really grassroots. I'm glad you have the support of Radisson, who, like, I will go out of my way to stay in Radisson Hotels because I think that kicks ass. It really kicks ass. What's a, like, Has it been renamed? It's not Steampunk World Fair anymore, right? It has been renamed, and the rename is so good. So they made an open poll. Again, like, anybody could add theirs to this open poll and vote on it. But the best one, it was the best one. There were a lot of really good ones. The best one was Cogs, yes, which is a very steampunk. Uh, Absolutely, you know, but it stands for Community Organized Gathering of Steampunks. That is beautiful, isn't it? I know. I, I love it. Love it. I love Sincerely. that name. I want it. <sighs> I want merch. Um, I love Cogs. I'm so glad that it was like a community sourced. I mean, community sourced everything. But I'm glad the title was even. I assumed the Radisson came up with it. Um, but no, everything you're no, saying is exceeding everything my expectations. Everything was literally just like the community thought of it and the community voted on it. The com- and that's it. Everything is being voted on. Everything is. Be- it's just so. That's such uh, a good it's, name. It's such a passion for a lot of people that, that all this is coming back together. Um, well, one thing I will say briefly is that before I before we run these shows, I always like Wikipedia the topic, even though I already know what I'm about to read, but it makes me less anxious. Anyway, I read this the steampunk Wikipedia two days ago. And you did. I did. And one of the Wikipedia sections is uh, steampunk conventions. And it, it lists like four to five of the most popular ones in the United States. And one of them is Steampunk World Fair. So I really think that some COGS folks should probably go in there <gasps> and fix that. You're so right. Yeah. Let's mm, yeah. X-nay on that shit yep. real fast. Yep. All right. I don't know how to edit Wikipedia, but I feel like someone smarter than me does. I so. guarantee you somebody in the COGS network does. COGS people. Let's do it. What's really awesome about this, I'm, some real good staples are going to be there this uh, my favorite one is the uh, the Turkish coffee stand is gonna be there. Nice. Which have you ever had the Turkish coffee? No, I haven't. Oh, I wasn't a coffee drinker last time I went. Oh God, it's like it'll fuck you up. It's like it's I just, so I much love caffeine. Tea a lot. I'm a tea person, and so I definitely there's 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 a place for me in steampunk events with my. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Well, tea and absinthe are going to be there. They're a really good company that makes all original um, tea blends, but also absinthe making blends. I, I can never get in that line fast enough. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I've had, I've, I've actually, they have a line of Harry Potter themed absinths that are really good. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you to buy me stuff when you go this year. I, I am. I'm going to I'm going to spoil you. Yay. <laughs> okay. So, I was I was really excited to actually say like obviously I can't go this year but you know, put it on your calendar. I'm going to be there next year, but I can't cuz I'm getting married. What? Didn't you already do that like 3 times here to the same Francis? <laughs> <laughs> I've only done it one time to Francis. But I have to do it another time to Francis. And it's going to be May? Well, it's going to be around there. Well, then guess what, Avalon? What? I can't go either. Why? Because I have to go to your wedding. Oh, no. What I'm saying is you'll be able to go to both. It won't be the same weekend, but I can't fly to the East Coast twice in a month. 
is basically what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Oh, because, which you may not know, the wedding is going to be on the East Coast. Oh, that's super fucking convenient. Thank you for doing that for me. I'm assuming that you you. did that for me. It's totally not for my (laughs) in-laws. No, no, no. No. (laughs) It's for me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, all right. So this convention has been rebuilt into something new. Not rebuilt. It's been reimagined. It's something new. It's something great. I'm really hyped and excited for it with every announcement. If you look up the COGS Expo, is what we're calling it. COGS Expo. I like that you're going with uh, not fair, not con, Expo. Yeah, Expo. You will see on the website that artists, games, panelists are all being slowly announced as we figure out the schedule. But yours truly is on there I'm so proud of you. I'm going to be in things. So one thing that I feel really vigorous about. Vigorous? I do feel very vigorous about this, is sort of making a a feminist, and in particular, an intersectionalist feminist viewpoint more prominent in this space because it kind of hasn't been, you know, in the past, in addition to the you know, the run of the mill uh, sexual assaults happening on a regular basis. You also have, you know, Simpsons humor everywhere at these cons, like, you know, booby grabbing humor and like, it's just stupid. So I am hosting a panel called Dames and Games Such behind a good the name. DM. Behind the DM screen, mm-hmm. um, in particular about being a girl and not only breaking into uh, the male space, which is absolutely what tabletop gaming is. And that's what we talked about our whole first episode. We did, which <laughs> yes. don't listen to it. Uh, <laughs> and, our, <laughs> and our breaking into that that male hemisphere of tabletop gaming but not just breaking into it, but then taking the leadership role and taking the storyteller role, the dungeon master role, the game master role in yeah. that world, which is even more of a struggle uh, entirely. And we have some other, uh, besides myself, we have some other cool uh, chick DMs signing on to the task who have different gaming backgrounds, war gaming and... Uh, there's a Harry Potter gamer. She's a DM for a Harry Potter themed uh, game, and she's going to be on the panel all as right. well. Uh, and I'm going to periscope that. That's yes, all going to be. Yes, and I'm going to watch it. Yep. And then I'm running two games, which I know I've already talked about, but I'm running. Keep pushing a, it. I'm going to push it right now. I'm huh. running a steampunk western fifth edition D and D. Low fantasy, so you're going to see lots of dwarves, lots of humans. You're going to see lots of gunslingers. You're going to see lots of artificers. It's not going to be your usual game of D&D, but the rules apply. It's going to be fun. Um, And that's going to be on Sunday, the last day of the con. But the night before, honestly, maybe what I'm most excited about is going to be the... Mead Heist. Mead Heist. Mead Heist game, which is a play on Honey Heist. And we are a bunch of bears trying to steal the largest supply of mead, which we all know is found at the COGS convention. Of course. 2018 in Piscataway, New Jersey. I kind of want this to be, so this is not LARPing, but I want it to be. 
I know. Wouldn't this be the greatest? I mean, lark? like like late night in a hotel, like running around pretending like you're bears and like stealing stuff, like a capture. But the you're just thing. wearing those like hoods that have gloves at the ends. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking that you were just wearing like on like little Pooh Bear outfits. So it's just like a little crop top and then just puss out. Ew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're offended by the word titties, but not puss. <laughs> puss? What's wrong with puss? <laughs> I'm retired. No, Same. I can't. <laughs> what else are you going to refer to a shirt and no pants on a woman? You just said it with your own mouth. No, but what would you say? What would you say? I would say with a shirt on and no <laughs> fucking pants on. <laughs> but you would think there's underwear. Listen, Diana. I would rather I would rather say the whole word Avalon. Vagina. Or the <laughs> other one. That's the Y. Yeah. Oh, that's yuckier. Oh my god. I don't like anything with not. a Y at the end. No, no, no E sounds for Avalon. No, no E. It, n- it like infantilizes it. Grow up. Ugh. Get your post out. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up. Grow up and get your puss and out. And get your puss out. <laughs> that's that's the name of this episode. That's the name of this episode. So steampunk bears break in to the con that we're currently at and try to steal all the mead. If you show up to that game and you bring me some mead for us to drink while we play it, you will get advantages in the game. Just just putting that out there. Is there anyway, a ceiling the, on that? It's if you bring any mead. I mean... I may I may tweak your advantages based on like if you bring me like carols based or if you bring me like <laughs> some Vikings blood like I you know like I'll 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 adjust to what is brought to the table. I'm just so saying bribery. Bring me. Yeah. Bribery. Bri- no, rule number 1 of tabletop gaming, bribe your DM. Okay. Bribe the DM. In my current game, my I'm pointing like he's right here. He's not. He sits here. Uh, like I'm pointing there because he sits there. Uh, my dwarven cleric came to his first game with a backpack filled, filled, super saturated with alcohol, and he was like, "I'm in character because I'm a dwarf," and I was like. And I, I gave him, I gave him full inspiration <laughs> to start the Very game. Nice. Like that's that's fantastic. Yes, Diana, you know that thing I said a couple seconds ago that you don't like. Mm-hmm. I want to say it again. <laughs> say it again. Grow up. Get your puss out. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I wasn't done laughing about it. It's it's growing on me. I know. I want to tell Francis. I think he'll like it. He he's gonna like it. <laughs> Um, all right. So Avalon, tell me your, what I want to know. Do you have a favorite steampunk fiction, like a a story or, or movie or book? Mm, Do you, do you have one that you like? Yeah. That isn't just like your own, you know, uh, costume creation. I know that there are things that are flavored with steampunk that I appreciate aesthetically, but I feel like oftentimes the people who actually are creating or producing these things it ends up not being great so like i'm thinking of like sky captain of the world of tomorrow like yeah you know is there part of it that you're like i like looking at that that looks cool yeah and then but like is it a good movie no 
I'm feeling that way kind of about any sort of modern commercial approach to steampunk stuff. I can't think of like a really solid one. Um, but I will say in terms of things that came out at the time, like I, I went through, a, I don't know, I'm a reader. So I, I've, I've read some of the things that are referenced a lot or influence modern steampunk. And, and I like some of that stuff. Uh, I feel okay. like there must be something cool and modern that pulls on steampunk that I'm not, I'm drawing a blank on though. Well, I think, uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that for you, I would say that Matt Smith, Matt Smith's Doctor Who did a little bit of a steampunk episode with their Western. And also I think Doctor Who does a lot of episodes that can kind of be lumped in with the steampunk. Yeah, I think that there uh, are a lot of things out there that have a steampunk episode, like a steampunk one-off, and I get happy when yes. that happens, but I, I want there to be like a, a whole series that I can really get behind, or a whole uh, movie I can really get behind. Uh, Well, also, like... Wild Wild West. That's what I've been building up to, is that Wild Wild West is my is my go-to yeah. steampunk reference. It's, it's what I have to bring up every time that I try to explain what steampunk is to someone, and then I run into people who don't know what Wild Wild West is. Yeah, I'm I feel like, like I, I know, know more people who you. know what steampunk is than who know what Wild Wild West is. That's really upsetting to me. That is That's not really a, that upsetting. not a critically successful movie. It should it have been. It is considered to it's be a brilliant. bad movie. It is a good movie. I will die on this hill, Avalon. It is a great movie. Will Smith is a genius, first of all. Will Smith um, stars as Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado. Jim West. Rough Rider. Rough Rider. No, you don't no, want Nada. None of this. Six gun of this. Brother running this. Buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Annie Damsel that's in distress. Be out of that dress when she meet Jim West. Sorry. I'm so I, upset that I couldn't follow along the whole time because this was my moment to shine. I've been waiting my whole life for an opportunity to demonstrate how much of the Men in Black song I know. And this feels <gasps> so close. It's appropriate. But... I, I no. Can't. Anyway, okay. Should we just do a separate episode where we both sing the Men in Black song? <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for a drunk situation to arise where that comes on. It never comes on. I recently so tried to shoehorn it in at a party, and somebody was like, "I never saw Men in Black." You should never see them again. I'm not I going don't to because I accidentally murdered them. So my- I do not trust people who have not seen every movie that Will Smith is in. I don't mm. trust them. I haven't where seen. Did you- I haven't seen modern critically acclaimed Will Smith movies very much. Okay, well there's there's a few that you should. There's a I'm few sure. that maybe you could skip, but like there's some that I you need. To, you I haven't need seen to the one about. where he lives in a car with the baby. I haven't seen the one where he discovers football concussions. I haven't seen the one I have Have seen you one. seen the one that's literally him in a buddy cop movie with an orc? No, but I know what you're talking about. So I watched that over somebody's shoulder on a plane. It's so good. I know. I could tell that I really liked it and I was looking forward to seeing it. But because I saw the whole thing silently, I've not been motivated to see it with sound. No, I I know that it it. looked You didn't see it. It's no, you have to see it. It's so good. It's so good. But I got the ending spoiled for me. The ending is is not important. Okay. It's the journey, Avalon. All right. You have to see it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, see every Will Smith movie ever. But Wild Wild West is actually a textbook example of a steampunk Western. 
It is the steampunkest. It literally is the steampunkest. And it was kind of Uh, before steampunk. Like, was... It was before steampunk became, like, a cultural phenomenon. And it was a you know, box office movie. Yes. Uh that that publicized this aesthetic. Great cast. Great fucking cast. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh. Ah! Chris Klein, is that his name? Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, thank you. Kevin Klein. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek's butt, which also gets its own casting, just like David Bowie's peen in Um, Labyrinth gets its own casting. I might be here Selma Hayek's breasts. Oh, I, I'm just I'm saying her butt because her butt literally gets screen time. I don't remember her that, actual butt. Her actual naked butt because I don't that, remember the, that. Oh, the whole pun scene. Oh, she's a breast uh, a breast of fresh ass. That whole like punny scene uh, on the train where her 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 nighty like has her butt hanging out. It's totally worth worth watching the whole movie. I will. So I mean, how many it's times so have I watched From Dust Till Dawn for that one scene? I know. For Salma Hayek. Uh, yeah. We worship at the altar that is Salma Hayek. And in this movie, it's great because she ends up with neither protagonist and it's beautiful. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she has her fiancé that she's with the entire time. And she keeps telling them and they keep thinking that she's going to <laughs> somehow wind up with them. That's funny. And I don't remember that. She leaves them at the train station. It's um, good. That is good. Wild Wild West, <laughs> controversial remake, controversial casting for Jim West. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My grandpa. Well, which they address. Yeah. My grandpa was not into it. Because he really liked mm. Wild Wild West when he was a kid. Then he saw it and he said, that movie was really good, even though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. That's all right. I had the same thing with my grandparents and, you know, the gays. The gays, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they come around-ish. But yeah, Wild Wild West is a good story. I It was brought up to me recently that I... I wrote this whole steampunk western that I will be presenting and playing and hosting for the fifth edition game. And then someone was like, did you just write Wild Wild West in game form? And I was like, no, but now I'm mad that I oh. didn't. Uh, yeah, I so thought the answer was going to be yes. No, now I'm angry and now I want to just write Wild Wild West because as you said, like there are a lot of, even in the steampunk community, people who don't know what that fucking movie is. Yeah, and I've that's never seen a Wild Wild West reference uh, cosplayed. I've seen pictures of really fucking amazing loveless ones, like like in the spider chair. Yeah. Loveless ones, which, oh, uh, God. Listeners, if you haven't seen Wild Wild West with Will Smith and Kevin Klein, do it right this minute. Like, yeah. right this minute. <laughs> you uh, may not like it, okay. but you will have seen it. If you don't like it, I really don't want to talk to you. Uh, I still want to talk to you. <laughs> That's fine. Avalon yeah. can talk to you. I'll talk to you. Uh, and then, yeah, well, so it'll be like a game of telephone. Yeah. So, all right. So we've we've broached the Wild Wild West topic. What I want to know, because I'm most interested in cons, like we get the aesthetic, everyone gets it. There's an, there's a steampunk episode of CSI, like it's hit mainstream. Yeah. At the cons specifically, what kind of, like what do you see the most often? What influences are 
there? What do people typically dress up as? Okay. So I know that the like airship captain is like super common and I am guilty of that too. That was like one of my, that was like, I think my third costume concept that I did there. So there are a couple of cliches, the airship captain, um, steamboat pirate. Yeah. My Um, first one was a mechanic. Oh, mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that costume. That was really good. Thank you. I think, though, some of the most common that I've seen in recent years has been kind of taking from things that like lend itself to the aesthetic a little bit, which I mean, we have to talk about Fallout because Fallout literally (laughs) is, I mean, the whole concept of Fallout is that people in the 1950s woke up with in the future. What do we call that? Nuclear punk? Nuka punk. Nuka punk? Don't like Nuka that. Nuka punk. I like yeah, but well, that's punk. what it's called, so. Is it because Nuka cola, though? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, but that yeah. makes it Fallout specific. Like, any, there are I mean, other it's... 1950s. You know what I wanted to think of just now was Blast from the Past, which is kind of a different thing, but still such a good movie. I love Blast from I the know. Past. I love it so I knew much. you would. Oh, fucking <laughs> Brendan Fraser is a national treasure. Oh. He is a national treasure. He should be celebrated in all his forms. He's so good. I love him. Yeah. Heather, I don't believe I've ever heard that name before. He's so good. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so good in that. Oh, I want to rewatch that now, too. Christopher Walken is so good. Chris, oh, God. He's so good. And Alicia Silverstone, the love of my life. Uh, Yeah, the love Uh, of all of our lives. The the woman none of us would ever live up to be. Oh, the the only Batwoman I ever want to (laughs) see. That was Batgirl. Batgirl. Sorry, sorry. And that was a total fuck up of the Batgirl story. Listen, Diana, we're going to have a Batman episode one day. (laughs) That's fine. And I'll be totally wrong. And I don't care. Because I That movie think, was so bad. That is indefensible. I love it. I love it. Those 90s Batman I, like, movies were kind of cyberpunk. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. That movie is so bad. It's like, so good. No. It's so good. I cried when Mr. Freeze's wife died. I cried a lot. Ivy did it. That bitch. Did she? Yeah, she did it. She cut the cord on his wife to get him and to think that Batman did it so that then he would join her side, and then Robin showed her the video recording, uh, you know, on his little, like, I know that there piece. must have been a yeah. really... I know that there were almost as many bad Poison Ivy puns as there were bad Mr. Freeze puns. Sorry, my vines have a crush on you. <laughs> oh, God. I also now have a good one that I'm going to use as my quote in the outro. So I'm going to keep that. I cannot believe what? the casting in those terrible movies. Oh, that the cast was so good, but the movies were so bad? Yeah. It's really like, it's universal. And well, the first so, couple aren't bad. If first we're couple calling, are campy. If we're calling the third one bad, we have to call the first two bad. Like, they're the same kind of bad. No. The first two were made by Tim Burton. The third one was somebody who came in and tried to replicate Tim Burton. The Tim first Burton. one, the entire soundtrack was done by Prince. Well, the soundtrack... Is, is, I mean, it doesn't age overly well. But it stands strong as what it was. Okay. I, you know. I'm not saying it's my best 
or my favorite version of Batman. But it is a it is a Batman verse that we must respect. I love it. I just you do not love it. No, I I literally love it. I actually love it. Hate you. I actually love it, and I think that those car those the comics were campy. The comics were cheesy and. I don't know, but which comics? Ridiculous. I think they were dark. Depends on which ones the, you're reading. The art sometimes was dark, but the dialogue was very cheese balls. Which Batman are we talking about? Are we are we talking about Batman right now? <laughs> or are we talking about Steampunk? Right I don't know. I think now? we're just talking. I think we're that just talking. it's just this hashtag just, just talking. And I think that that's hashtag just I love it. I love it. I have something to say. What do you have something to say? I don't remember. Say it. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't. Tell because me. Because you know what? <laughs> it is Avalon. Come on. I think I think it's time. Time for what? <laughs> Look, Avalon. L- Look at what? All right, Avalon. Listeners, have- did you learn anything about steampunk today? Probably no. not. No. No. Did you want to learn anything about steampunk today? Definitely, yes. Probably not, no. But Definitely, what you did get yes. to do is feel like you hung out with us, and I think that that's better. I, I think so. So imagine having cool. these kinds of conversations with some goggles on your head, which we did not mention, and a top hat, which we did not mention, and a corset, which we did not mention, and I mentioned gears. you being in a corset. Gears, 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 gears. Put gears on everything. So imagine you're wearing that, walking around a hotel of people also wearing those things. But the conversation you're having, the friendships you're building, those things are actually a lot more similar to the conversation you heard tonight. Yeah. Imagine that. Wow. Wow. All right. So we're leaving. It's fine. It's done. It's over. It's over. The podcast is over. But um, in the meantime, what, what should these people do with themselves? I want you to connect with us because I like when you connect with us. Um, Excuse me, I believe, Dr. Strange, that someone finally emailed us last week. I know, and now I'm Dr. Strange. Uh, I was in the middle of surgery, as predicted, when I got an email. On your phone. I mean, on your watch. On my phone, and then my watch went off, and I looked at it, and I freaked out. Yeah. And I dropped my scalpel, I think, into his brain, probably. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Um... And I ran out into the yes. street. And later ra- you got were driving in my car. home, got in your car, yeah. driving very fast in your sports car on windy, rainy roads. You got another notification on your watch. You looked at it. And then distracted, you swerved into the other lane, narrowly avoided an oncoming tractor trailer, crashed off a cliff. Yeah. And then after that, I spent the rest of my time appropriating another culture with Tilda Swinton. For my own gain. Yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing is that now you're friends with Tilda Swinton. And that I want to cool. know. Yeah. Is she, that a, good, part's is she good. a good kisser? I have to imagine she is. I have to imagine I, you kissed her if you've gotten to know her. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound like me. Uh, <laughs> Not just you. It, I, I feel like that yeah, sounds no, like no, Tilda. Just, just part of the getting to know you process. It's just. For <laughs> Tilda it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since you know her so well. Um. Yeah, she was wrapped in 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 bandages. I love it. So, if the listeners please think- interact with us, it's awesome. <laughs> if, we yeah. love it a yeah. lot. Wait, who's the person who emailed us? Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, you motherfucker! Thank you so much for being the first emailer and for getting me my superpowers. Yes, and my everyone. power to appropriate. I love it. 
I cannot believe that we had a listener generous enough not only to listen to the entire thing, but also to, you know, really want to help you get that superpower set. Um, I think Aaron is just, Aaron really deserves his own superpowers for that. What superpowers should we we give him? him? Well, not Um, knowing anything about him, I'm going to say that his superpower is that he can turn his body inside out via his mouth. It's like he, he like throws up and all of his body comes up out of his mouth and then he's just inside out. Sure, but sure. But when he is sure. inside out, he's resistant to flame and heat. Great. <laughs> Did you ever want to be a horrible monster but also in a fire? Well, Aaron, Avalon has It's also incredibly uncomfortable when he does it. I mean, he has to like, he yeah. has to put his finger down his throat. He has to really like get his gag reflex going. And then it like, it makes him cry a little bit. But you're like, and he, oh, he like finally gets it inside out. And oh, getting finally. it reversing is even worse because somebody has to physically push all of his bones back through his mouth. Oh, don't do it without a friend nearby, Aaron. But not the, a loved one the because they'll never look at you again yeah definitely not a sexual partner also when you turn like, inside out your poop yeah. is on the outside wow look avalon avalon really skipped nap today she's very very second grade here i love it uh aaron i think that your superpower would be i'm gonna give you like the alex mack power I think you turn into like a puddle of silver liquid. And I think that you can navigate time and space as that liquid where you can just like float up into varied shapes as long as you stay in that amorphous puddle. How are those mechanics working? Is he opening a portal? No, he's just in his silver puddle can change shape to to what? be many things. To like be, it could be a, like time a machine? snake puddle. No. I, I think that listeners know which of us is more creative. <laughs> I think that's for damn sure. <laughs> all right, well, thanks, I'm not Aaron. worried about that <laughs> at all. Aaron, I hope you bothered <laughs> to listen to another episode. Um, Aaron, thank you. So Aaron did the right thing and gmailed us. And the Gmail address at which Aaron contacted us was femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. It is. You can also get at us at Femsplained Podcast on Instagram, Femsplained Cast on Twitter, Femsplained Podcast on Facebook, and at our super famous blog, FemsplainedPodcast.wordpress.com. So next week is going to be our homework episode. And we said we would announce it ahead of time this time in case like some listener wanted to engage on the homework. Which do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. So the homework episodes that we will be reviewing next week are Diana's Femsplain topic, Warhammer, but Mordheim. More so Mordheim. Mordheim, Mordheim. Let's be real. Avalon's Femsplain topic, uh, the comic book series Saga. So the corresponding homework is that... Diana has to read Saga. Probably she doesn't have to read all of it, but she has to read enough that she can have a conversation about it. I'm like almost there. That's okay, cool. cool. We're good. And then Avalon's more time homework is that I have to make a army, which I made some progress on, but I didn't finish, so I need to finish. <gasps> oh. You already know the progress I made. Like I picked the I picked the race and stuff and I got the paper. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't started okay, putting okay. shit on the paper. But it did make me like really, really want to go buy a little person. But then I got like I got kind of intimidated by the idea of going to a store and 
asking if they had a used man's case and then trying to figure out which of those mans in there was my army. But I wanted to buy just like one little one for the homework episode. I love it. You should do it. Just I'll try. Just, just get a clothespin, put it over your nose and go bravely into the building. It's going to yeah, be fun. I'll put a giant sack to hide all of the <laughs> curves of my body. Um, so yeah, so that's what you have to look forward to, listeners. If you feel at all inspired or interested in those things or curious about them, because this is the first episode you're listening to, if that's the case, I'm so sorry. Uh, go back and listen to our previous I'm two not. episodes. It's great. I'm not sure yet what it is. This is our new <laughs> format. Our new format is talk about whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> also, maybe there's a topic, whatever. That's true. I, I've uh, said a lot more toilet words this episode than I probably have in the last year of my life. I love it. I can't believe I'm like the prude, the straight man in yeah. this episode. This is crazy. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. Bob Saget. All right. Ew, you I, are Bob Saget. I'm Bob Saget. You know who Saget. I am? Who am I? Which uncle am I? Uncle Joey? No! Am I more of a Joey or a Jesse? You wanted to be Uncle Jesse. <laughs> well, he's, he's, <laughs> all right. So for context... <laughs> I've never really seen the show, but he's the pretty one. <laughs> he's the pretty one, but he's also like the cool, aloof one, and that's not me. Uncle Joey, the like the one that's making toilet jokes. Yeah, I'm the cool, aloof one. I just didn't have my nap today. Yeah, see, listen, <laughs> I'm a Jesse in the streets and a Joey in the sheets. So if you want lots of poop jokes while you're in bed with, if Hevelon, you want me to have a beaver puppet on my hand, giving you instructions, because I can't talk. <laughs> about my needs <laughs> oh my god please subscribe and rate Femsplain podcast email us jesus good lord i don't have anything else to say except honestly avalon yes. let it cool for now yeah. all right bye everybody my garden needs tending bye, bye. <laughs>